When it comes to success, people like to say they do anything. But in my observation, there's one thing that could help people be more successful tomorrow than they are today. And even though they know it might be true, they're still not willing to do it. That's what I want to get into with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Heather Gray. Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs over at Heather Gray Consulting. And today I want to take the myths of achieving success by the horns. And so when I think of that imagery, what it basically means is I want to get you in front of me. I want either hand on either either one of your shoulders, I want to look you dead in the eyes and I want to ask you this one question. What are you willing to do for the life and business you want? This is a question that's been reverberating in my head ever since I had an encounter in the grocery store parking lot. So I'm going to jump into the story And then I'm going to find you all on the other side of it with my business strategy point. And I promise you, I have one. So a little over a week ago, I I had a thing happen. And usually those of you who've been listening to the show for a while know that I can have these impulses, these things that happen, these stories, and then I can just jump on the mic and tell the story right away and have the lesson be easily applicable and have you all kind of go back into your regular everyday lives with another little juicy morsel. And I have to be honest with you guys that this story took me a couple of days to sit with. This story starts with me being in a really emotional reactive state before I could kind of simmer down, settle myself, and see what the value and takeaway would be for my audience. Because initially, my reaction was like, this happened to me, and I want everybody to know it happened. And now that it's been over a week or so, I've settled. I'm over that initial stunned response. I'm not feeling as reactive and I can see with crystal clarity an awesome takeaway. And when I'm able to do that, I think it makes hard times better. I don't think, you know, I don't always agree with people when they say that with every failure comes a lesson or There's always like something you can take away from a situation. I think sometimes things just suck. And for a while, what happened to me for the first couple of days when I was thinking about it, it was like, this just sucks. I'll get over it, but this just sucks. So without further ado and any more extended introduction than I've already belabored you with, um, let me just tell you what happened. So it was over a week or so ago, but I was in a grocery store parking lot, a grocery store that I frequent where, you know, the people inside the store know me as a regular and, and you know, can make eye contact. They've all seen me before. I've all seen them before. So it's my regular spot. And I, I honestly, I really love going there. It's like one of the nicest um, places to be, like the customer service. It's just exceptional. Anyway, again, I digress. So I was in the parking lot. I was taking my groceries from the car and putting them into my car when suddenly I felt someone behind me. And it was like this homeless man or maybe 
drug addicted or mentally ill, but he was not of right mind. Um, and it was clear because his eyes couldn't focus. They were kind of glassy. He, he spoke with um, either a speech impediment or a slur. Again, I don't really know what this guy's deal was, but I do know that he didn't put his hands on me, but he bumped his shoulder against mine and kind of pushed against the back of my shoulder and really startled me. And, you know, anybody in our personal space, you know, we all know that that is just an, a naturally uncomfortable situation. So I stood up really quickly and I said, sir, like, please back away. Like, this isn't like, this isn't a comfortable situation for me. And he's like, oh, I don't want anything from you. I don't want anything from you. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. Can't we just talk? And I was like, no, no, we can't. Um, I don't want to talk to you. You're making me really uncomfortable. I'm going to ask that you walk away and leave me be. And he's like, come on, can't we just talk? Can't we just talk? So at that point, it wasn't ending and it wasn't going away. And, you know, I think what ended up happening is just instinct kicked in. Um, some of it is, I, you know, I did many years in Boston, so I'm kind of city smart. Um, I also had a couple of tours of duty in teenage adolescent residential. So I didn't get physically scared. And anybody listening to the story who knows me personally or, you know, has just come to care for me as a, you know, a regular listener of the show, I want to assure you that I'm fine. I wouldn't be telling this story if I hadn't gotten to a place of fine. I think we all can share stories and things that happen to us, but we have to do it in such a way that the emotional baggage of the event has already been packed before we share it with the world. And I want to assure all of you listening that even though this is an upsetting story, even though it gets a little more upsetting going forward before it gets better, I do want you to rest assured that I am fine. I got plenty of support. I took good care of myself and it all turned out okay in the end. So he wasn't backing away. I kind of sensed immediately the situation wasn't going to calm down. I quickly got my purse to my side. I closed the trunk of my car and I made a decision that I wasn't going to be safe getting into the car um, because then I, I worried that he might try to get into the car with me. He might try to steal my car. It seemed to make the most sense for me um, thinking that quickly to get back to the store, to start heading back towards people. So he was on my left-hand side. I had my purse on my right-hand side and I guarded my left. Um, I did boxing classes for several years and I was so grateful for the body memory that kicked in so that I so quickly was able to guard my left side to the point where he noticed and he said, hey, hey, I'm not I'm not doing anything. I'm not trying anything with you. You're fine. You don't need to guard up. But then I had, <laughs> in addition, I had my right hand at my face, which is kind of the resting position if you're about to throw a cross. And that was all body memory. And one once I was physically sort of <laughs> aware of my body, I then said really loudly in the parking lot, I don't know this man. He's talking to me and will not leave me alone. I need help. And I kept walking and I kept saying, this is a stranger. He does not have my permission to talk to me. He won't leave me alone. He's invading my space. I need help help. I passed, and I'm not kidding my friends, at least three people on my right hand side at separate cars because I was about eight cars into the parking lot. There were like two cars on the right side of me where I saw people. I didn't see anyone run into the store. 
I didn't see anybody pick up a cell phone. I didn't hear anybody honk a horn, create a distraction or anything. Um, after the fact, I was reminded that it was probably one of those bystander effects things where nobody jumps in in a crisis because there's other people there and everybody kind of assumes that somebody else might do something. So I think that's what happened. So the entire walk, which again feels like that long ass, like dead man walking kind of walk, I'm yelling at this point, I need help. I don't know this man. He won't leave me alone. And he's still talking in my ear saying, I just want to talk. Why won't you talk to me? I just want to talk. And so finally, as I got closer to the store, two managers came out, security came out. And before I knew it, the guy was whisked away and the managers were taking care of me and, and sort of staff people in there that I've kind of become friendly with noticed that it was me, recognized me, came over right away took care of me. They knew how to take care of me too. They got me a Starbucks coffee. So those are some good people, right? Um, and calmed me down and then walked me back to my car, made sure he was nowhere around. And I was, you know, I was off my day. And at, at the time, in that initial reaction, I'm going to be honest that I didn't hold this man all that accountable. He did, honestly did not seem to be in right mind. He did not seem to um, he just didn't seem sane. It's the only way I know how to, you know, describe it. Um, and so I, what really resonated for me is the nobody helping part, the nobody doing anything part. And in the first day or two, that's the part that really stuck with me, that I really thought about, that until I like was loud enough to be heard inside a grocery store with however much background noise is going on there, like I was so largely on my own. Once I got over that and a friend reminded me and kind of soothed me with the reminder of bystander effect and what it is and what it means, I, you know, I made sure to take good care of myself. I'm, you know, I'm trained in trauma response. So I knew immediately how to take care of myself. I knew I needed to process it. I knew, you know, helpful ways of processing it versus non-healthy ways of processing it, making sure I had water, making sure I put myself around other people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So by, you know, that happened on a Sunday, I would tell you in all honesty, and you know that I'm honest with you guys, so you don't have to worry about me. I really am okay. I would tell you that with confidence by Wednesday morning, I was feeling good and this was behind me and I was looking at it in the rear view mirror. And in the rear view mirror, the phrase that came to mind for me and why I decided to share this as a podcast episode was the phrase, I need help. Now, in that moment, it was inarguable that I needed help. He wasn't leaving me alone. He was invading my space. My back was literally against the trunk of my car. Nothing I was saying or doing was working, and I was at a loss, and I needed help. How many times are people in that same spot in their business how many times have you guys been that in the, your own business where you're trying a strategy and it's not working, where you're working on a goal or trying to launch a program or a product and you keep missing the boat or not knowing how to do something? And when was the last time in a moment of just desperation, discouragement, and defeat did you identify for yourself 
that you needed help? And did you ask for it? Because here's the thing, my friends, I think that there's a lot of people on social media who are marketing all the gosh darn time. And they're saying, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. I can give you this. I can make this easy. I can take this off your plate. I can help you here. And as consumers, we consume that content and we consume that content and we take it in and we take it in, but they are defining for us what they imagine our pain points are. And I am wondering, and I'm challenging you all to do a little bit of self-exploration with yourself if you have identified for yourself what you need more of or less of or help with or a question answered to have the life and business you want to have for yourself. Because here's the thing, my friends, that like so often we get in the reaction seat when it's not working, when we want more of something than we're not having, when we're stuck on a question and we don't know the answer to. And it can be really intimidating to ask for help. We create stories about what that will look like to other people. So if we don't know something about a launch strategy or how to copyright effectively or how to, you know, use, I just did an Instagram story on this very thing the other day, and I had no idea how to do that. Um, You know, like how often do we not ask for help or not get guidance or not like sort of raise our hand and say, don't know anything here because we're so afraid of how it's going to look to other people. The idea that we don't know something about one thing is going to imply to our audience that we may not know anything about anything. Or, you know, if we say like, listen, I haven't gotten a lot of clients. I'm feeling like a real pain pinch in my schedule right now. Do you by any chance know anyone who could refer to me? Or you know what? Like a lot of my lead generation is running dry. I need help getting onto podcasts. Do you by any chance know a podcast I could get onto? Or I'm stuck on this tech or I haven't figured this out or my conversion rate is broken here or whatever your stuck spot is. Have you admitted your stuck spot out loud to someone other than you? And have you, in just openness and vulnerability, asked for help with it? Because so often my story is that people don't ask for help, that they wait for the answer to magically find them, or they worry about being seen as somebody who's, you know, like an asshole where they're always asking for advice, but not willing to pay, or that they're not going to seem like they know what they're doing or whatever version of that story happens. And we see this all the time. In fact, I, um, I have a funny story about that too. I'm just filled with stories. I'm catching you up on all the Heather Gray stories. But um, one of the things that I've been doing is I've backed away from social media participation as I've been pitching myself to podcasts with more regularity. And I pitched myself to this one show and the woman wrote back and based, and I like you, you probably know me well enough to know that I can write a pretty good pitch, that I can get attention and I can get engagement and I do it in really nice, friendly, respectful ways. The response I got back was so rude. (laughs) Like basically the, the person was like, how dare you darken my inbox and sort of who's, you know, who implied that I might want you, but 
blah, 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 right? And so what I ended up doing, because I was so put off by how rude she was in response, is I took a screenshot of, um, you know, one of her quotes that she put on her Instagram feed by Nora Roberts. And the quote's not in front of me, so I'm going to butcher it. But it was basically like, if you never ask, the only answer you're ever going to get is a no or something like that. Um, it was that version. Like, it doesn't hurt to ask. We hear that all the time. The only stupid question that, you know, uh, is the only stupid question is the one that doesn't get asked, right? Like, we hear those things all the time. And then everybody, when we ask for something, like, suddenly responds with royal offense. So I actually took a screenshot of her Instagram photo and said, so sorry to have darkened your inbox. I saw this in your feed and I thought it might be okay to ask. But um, how often do we do that? How often do we, like, say, like, I would like your help? Or, you know what, I am going to ask and I might hear no, but at least it's worth a shot. And when you look at the business that you have, or very likely, if you're listening to this show, the business you don't have, are you getting in your own way out of a refusal to ask for help, to admit to not knowing, and to need somebody to lift you? Because we all like to sort of share all about together we rise, in it together, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, so many of us are afraid to put that to the test. I really want you to think about this because I was at the top of my lungs yelling in a parking lot, I need help. And nobody responded. And guess what, guys? That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I asked for help, nobody responded, and it turned out okay in the end because I kept asking. I didn't just stop at the first person ignoring me. I didn't just stop at the second person ignoring me. I knew with crystal clarity what I wanted for myself, what it was going to take to get out of that day. And I was unafraid to keep asking. That is what I want you to take from the story. Not the idea that if you don't ask, you're, you know, nobody answers anyway, blah, blah, blah. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many times it takes the need to get met so long as it gets met. I want you to think about where you're stuck. And if you're listening to the show, I'm just going to imagine you're stuck somewhere. Otherwise, there's way more entertaining podcasts out there. I want you to think about what's missing from your life, what's missing from your business, something you feel like you don't know. And I want you to ask yourself, am I willing to ask for help to get closer to it? Because behind every successful person eventually is someone who asked for help. That's how we get successful, my friends. You know, it is together we rise because we can't do it alone and we weren't meant to do it alone. But in order to get the help we need, we have to ask for help. 
And that is my challenge to you today. If you're stuck, if you can't figure it out, if you um, don't quite know how to do it, you can't figure your way out of it, you know, send me an email, heather at heathergrayconsulting.com, and I've got your back. And I will use it on the show. We'll talk about it. I'll wrestle and rumble with it, and we will get you to the other side of it. And if this is a show that has gotten you from where you were to to where you want to be and you think that you'd like to financially contribute and sponsor the show, I would welcome that. It would be the best thank you note you could possibly offer me. There is a link to do so in the show notes. I encourage you to find it and support the show. I'm giving you five days a week content. I'm offering myself, my story, my lessons to get you in the life and business you want. And I would welcome your support. Thank you so much for sitting with me today. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.